Blog Talk Radio. It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this 10th day of uh, November 2016. Hope you all went out and voted, did your civic duty, and uh, uh, we do have a new president now, uh, a president-elect, so uh, let's all give them our support best we can. Uh, today, our... Uh, we have our co-host, uh, Jay Basser, and uh, today uh, our guest speaker is Ray Cobbs, and and we're going to do some discussing here on over-medicating. Uh, my lands, I don't know, I, I've had a lot of issues with uh, VA, I don't know what it is. They forget if they give me a pill or prescribe something, just keep adding to it. You can go in there not taking nothing, and in six months you'll be taking 20 or 30 different prescriptions. And uh, uh, so be careful. We're having a lot of issues with Veterans getting over medicated, and and you know they're and in reality they're only trying to follow the instructions they've been given, and they haven't been proper. So uh, we've talked about this numerous times, but it don't hurt to keep talking about it. Uh, Ray, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I, I'm having one. Today's one of my good days. I have good days and bad days depending on the uh, the weather, and uh, today's a good day. Well, I'm glad to hear it. Uh, come to think about it, uh, near as I can remember, it's been a pretty decent day here. <laughs> so, uh, it's hard to tell. At times, yeah, it's, uh, you know, that's uh, you're talking about over medication. That's one of the areas that I think they have me in. I have two very uh, serious knees, and because of my heart condition and my diabetes, they cannot do a knee replacement. So instead, they have found everything I think except the kitchen sink at me to, to try to make it a little better. Um, two or three different types of pain pills and uh. Uh, sometimes as many as six Tylenol a day, and then they, uh, I've had uh, rooster crown shots in uh, each knee and uh, a little bit of everything. So, yeah, it's um, over-medication can sometimes really you know, throw your whole system off balance. Well, it uh, it messes up your body chemistry, I think, and... And before you know it, some little thing can set it off, and you're in serious trouble. Uh, and uh, uh, the major issue is a lot of times you're taking meds for one thing, and and they put overburden on, on some of your other organs, and that's not good, you know. You we got to do everything we can to protect our kidneys and liver and and uh, everything. Uh, these meds will really mess you up. Well, I, I have well, found my experience on the meds is that uh, one that I've had somewhat of a problem with is the doctors deciding whether or not I should have it or not have it. I started out, and one doctor for my diabetes put me on metformin. And I was on it for about a year, year and a half. I go to another doctor, or uh, one of my other doctors sees it, says, oh, you don't need that. That's going to be bad for the kidneys, so they took me off of it. So 
and I'm off about a year, and all of a sudden I go back to my primary care, and she puts me back on it. And then um, I had some blood work done. Now, this was about, oh, I would say five months ago, four months ago. And uh, one Sunday afternoon, I get a call from a uh, nurse practitioner in my diabetic office, and she says, uh, you need to stop taking that metformin immediately. And I said, uh, okay, what's going on, <laughs> you know? I mean, when, whenever the VA calls you on a Sunday afternoon, you know, you, got, you might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah. And she informed me that... Uh, my kidneys were starting to shut down, and then it was because of the metformin. And she said, who put you back on it? I said, my primary care doctor. So she went back and looked at the notes, and then she shot a uh, not-so-flattering email to my primary care doctor, letting her know that uh, Dr. Powers, who's my diabetic specialist at Vanderbilt, um was the one that was to prescribe medication for my diabetes. So they had a little uh, exchange of emails there, but now, then they sent me for a evaluation on my kidneys, and I do have, uh, I'm at the third level, or number three, as they call it, kidney failure. So hopefully because I came off of the metformin, um, that will stay the same and not worsen. It, it won't improve, or could improve very little. But um, more than likely, we're not important. I'm sorry. What was your what was the last EGFR? Blood work. Who did the blood work? Yeah. What was the last? You get copies of your lab. Every every um, about every ninety days, they do a complete or my my diabetic specialist does a complete blood work on it. Okay. That's pretty much average. Hey, we'll see. Is it set now? Is it still on the cell phone? Yeah, take the phone, right? Yes, I, I'm on the. Matter of fact, I take an awful lot of insulin. I take U500, and I also take okay. Victosa. Okay. Uh, the U500. No, but no more metformin. <laughs> well, the reason I'm saying that is, you know. That metformin causes the kidneys to go down that fast. But they're supposed to have checks and balance with the VA, but actually they've got a system of computers that's supposed to do med- med- medication that they do, like, uh, it's kind of like record matching. And, of course, a lot of times they don't do it, you know, but they're supposed to do it. That way they give people medications that have all the effects from each other. That's what we did in our work with the VA years ago, and they still do it, but... Now, your situation, I guess you're service connected with diabetes, are you? Right, I am service connected with diabetes. Okay, now, check what your kidneys were, level of the lab you had before they put you back on the metformin, compared to the lab uh, you have now. Yeah, they, when you I was, when I, right, um, my kidneys evidently were fine before me, they put me back on the metformin the second time. You got a federal tort claim. I'm sorry? You have a federal tort claim. Uh, no, I don't have a I don't have, I have a tort claim for that. Uh, I haven't even thought about that. But. You have the basis to file a tort claim if you wanted to. Oh, okay. But that's you, of course. You know, that's, I tell people the lot you know, what's that into, like that. That's pretty sad. I mean, now, you live down in the U.S. South of Nashville? Yeah, we're, we're between, uh, I live between Nashville and uh, Chattanooga. Winchester? Yes, Winchester, Tennessee. No exactly where it's at. No exactly where it's at. Beautiful place. Yeah, we have the lakes and the mountains around here. It would be great if I could get out and take advantage of them. But, um, you know, sometimes... You remember Bumblebee Boats out of Tullahoma? I sure do. Do you have one? Yeah. You should. Let's go. 
Yeah, I, uh, I actually grew up in Tomahawk. Oh, okay. No. That's, that's pretty sad, man. They did that to you like that. I mean, that's not that's, that's not at all right, you know. I mean, you've got, if you've seen Vanderbilt Specialists, you're probably seeing some of the best in the South. Well, the Vanderbilt Hospital is, is rated the third best hospital, uh, VA hospital in the country. And I, I, I believe that. When I had my open heart surgery, uh, I don't know that I could have asked for a better surgeon team. And the intensive care unit that I was in for those four or five days after the surgery, those ladies and gentlemen in there were just absolutely super. I, I am very blessed to be able to go to this hospital compared to what I hear from other hospitals around the country. It's, uh, it's pretty sad. Uh, I'm sorry? You see a lot of places that over medication, you know. One guy got Well, sometimes I wonder how much you know you don't know if to question you question them, but you don't know if what they tell you that you really need it. I mean, to give you an example, um Right now, I take nine pills in the morning and five pills at dinner. And, you know, I know it's everything from uh, to assist in my blood thinners to my blood pressure, uh, a little bit of all of that because of the different disabilities I have. Uh, you know, I've had open heart surgery, double bypass. Um, I have a um, retinopathy. Uh, matter of fact, I am legally blind. My reading in my left eye because of the retinopathy is um, 2200. Uh, so, you know, it's um, it's basically I, I can see light and I can see figures, but to identify somebody even three or four feet away from me, I can't. But uh, they haven't given me too much medication for that um, after the eye ruptured. They were trying to give me pills and everything ahead of time. But once it ruptured, uh, there wasn't too much they could take. Well, that brings your your eye. They, uh, uh, of course, I'm, I'm sure they service connected that injury, didn't they? Oh, yes. I'm, uh, they gave me a 40% rating in my left eye. So it's it's service it's service connected and uh, uh, the, the medication they gave me at, at that time the eye drops and things they gave me it did help the right eye my right eye now is back where it was somewhere around 125 over 20 it's now back to uh, 2025. <clears throat> So the medication helped there, but uh, it hurt the other eye. So it's one of those, telling Gerald what you were saying a minute ago, one medication helps one thing but hurts another. Yeah. That's unfortunate. But that's the way well, it is. You're right. It's, it's, um, it's really, uh, um, for a layperson like myself, and like all the other veterans that, that may not have gone through any medical training, we really need to take, and I do now, take more notice of what medications they're giving me and the side effects along with what, looking up on the computer, what other things it could cause as far as a problem. Yeah, and, that's uh, a good idea. And I didn't start doing that till I lost my vision, and by then it was too late. But now my wife, uh, when I get a new medication or whatever, she's constantly looking it up and looking at all the side effects and what else it might affect. And 
and even to the point of what other medications you should not take it with. You know, I um, I spoke to uh, the Sam's per- performances there. I get that what I don't get from the VA, I get it there at Sam's. And I spoke to the performances, and I said, you know, we have a lot of veterans here that just get their meds from the VA. Would would there be any charge if they was to come in with a list of their meds and their dosages and what have you, and have you go through them and and see if there's anything that might be conflicting and and he said he didn't know of a pharmacist anywhere that wouldn't be willing to do that uh, for veterans. Uh, it kind of gives you a second opinion, and it's not a bad idea. Any veteran out there, uh, you can take uh, a list of your meds and how you're taking them. Take them up to any pharmacy. Uh, you know, if you're concerned about it, it's a good idea, I think. Uh, I don't see nothing wrong with it. I certainly do it. But I also have a doctor that uh, is a internal medicine doctor that I use outside of the VA, and he he scrutinized my medicines, and, and uh, so I've been pretty fortunate. But uh, if you take a lot of meds, uh, don't depend on one, you know, one place uh, you got to have someone else scrutinizing them. Well, that's that's a great idea. I have not done that, but uh, I happen to know a pharmacist, and uh, I think uh, I may just get my print out tonight and tomorrow, drop it off, and say, "Would you look over this and see if all these are okay for me to take at one time?" Well, that's uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he told me, he said, I didn't know, he said, I don't know of any pharmacists that wouldn't be willing to do that, especially all the veterans, you know, getting their medicines from one place. And uh, it, it it is so easy to get crossways on your medication, as we well know. I'm sure we all know someone that's uh, probably not living any longer because of their medicines being messed up. So it don't hurt to have a second opinion. I Mm -hmm. always go ahead. Your your body changes too. That's one thing that I have noticed with all of my meds. Uh, it's It's my diabetes especially because of time only. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you have to have an increase in it because your body builds up a resistance to the medication. So yes. there comes a fine line there, on, uh, you know, on medication. And and I I have found on, on veterans I have talked with, it's, I don't have the problem, but veterans who have PTSD, some of those doctors just really throw the pills at them. Um, well, I had this yeah. one veteran tell me, I, he said, when I take, if I take all my pills the way they want me to, I feel like I'm walking around with blinders on and, and uh, somewhat in a fog. Well, it's the term for that is chemical restraint. And uh, uh, they're having under educated people uh, instead of uh, proper properly uh, educated people on uh, their dispersing medications they, they just throw them at you at the handfuls yeah. and say here take this well add this one in too because you'll need it 
And uh, before you know it, you're on a whole fast forward uh, doggone medicine, and And uh, I've always hollered for people to scrutinize their medication because, uh, like you say, your your body chemistry changes over time, and uh, you need, may need to re Reduce dosages or increase dosages. That's the reason they do so much blood work. I I give so much blood. I I'm anemic. <laughs> I'm, I, I agree with that. I, you know, they, uh, they, I gotta say, it's Vanderbilt, and I'm very fortunate to be in that area. They um, they do watch my blood work and my blood balance and and all the chemistry balance pretty close. Um, usually every at least every 90 to 120 days I'm having to do a full workup. Yeah, I'm I'm probably more often than that, but uh, I take a lot of meds, and uh, I'm always throwing a fit about how many I'm taking. I, uh, fortunately, uh, I'm not having to take any uh, like your PTSD veterans or traumatic brain injury veterans uh, are taken. Uh, but uh, still, uh, you, you got to scrutinize your, your medicines, and especially, I would think, uh, PTSD veterans because... There's so many different levels of PTSD, and uh, there's no one pill that's a catch-all, I don't think. No, I, and, I don't think so either. And uh, they they need that they they need to take their meds to to a performances outside of the VA and get their opinion. Don't hurt to get their opinion. If they disagree, write it down. Say, well, this pill here is kind of questionable, and I'm mixing with these others. Uh, well, you know, the, that chemistry, I don't know too many chemists uh, other than they performances. Well, so, you know, I, um, I was speaking to a doctor, oh, it's been a year ago now, and he was. He, he found out that I was a diabetic and that I had Agent Orange. And unfortunately, a lot of doctors on the civilian side are not familiar with Agent Orange or what the different levels are and what all it can can do. And so he was questioning about my condition. And I, when I told him I was on U five hundred, he and told him how much. He says, "Do you realize that if a normal person?" took that dosage of medication, they would be dead in less than two hours. So that's how powerful some of this medication that they give us is. Oh, my God. I'm taking 1,500 milligrams of metaporn. How much are you taking, John? 2,000. How many? Two thousand. Two thousand. So you're taking two thousand. Oh, we know. Plus insulin. Yep. Holy mackerel! I'd be having my kidneys checked every time I went to the doctor. What type of insulin are you on? Supposed to. Nobly. You're on Nobly. Yeah. Well, are you on the seventy thirty or are you on the regular arm? Seventy thirty. Seventy thirty. Okay. Well, see, to give you an example of how insulin works, you're on seventy thirty, which is is thirty percent insulin, seventy percent water or, or fluid mixture. From there, you will go to straight R, which is straight insulin. Um, yeah. And then, uh, in other words, instead of 30% insulin, you're getting 100%. Well, with the U500, it's for every unit, 
it's 500 units. And and I'm taking uh, 1,500, in order to break it down, I'm taking 1,500 uh, units in the um, in the morning and uh, yeah. 1,000 at lunch and 1,000 at dinner. So I'm taking 3,500 units of R per day. And do you ever go into Lowe's? Do I ever go low? Yeah, sometimes in, in my evening, I will actually what I call crash, uh, which yeah. I'll wake up at 2.30 or 3 in the morning, and um, I'll be in a cold sweat and uh, basically yep. kind of somewhat shaking and, and, and kind of nervous feeling, and uh, my insulin will be down maybe to 45, 47. What was Sylvia said to eat eat protein before you go to bed. Peanut butter sandwich. Peanut butter. Yeah, peanut, peanut butter. butter. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a bedtime snack around ten o'clock and it'll still it'll still drop. It'll still drop. It, it just, on you. My insulin, my diabetes is um, so sensitive that I can get up and be active in the daytime. And at 2.30 or 3 o'clock, it'll drop. Uh, when I say active, I don't mean exercising. I mean just uh, going to town, um, walking down the mailbox, uh, just uh, you know, just moving around the house. And then about 2.30, the bottom will fall. And I'll have an afternoon snack, you know. Um, and then... I always try to eat something around 9 or 9.30 in the evening. Uh, and then the side effect of that, when you do eat that peanut butter at night before you go, it keeps you from crashing. But at the same time, that along with the insulin causes you to gain weight. And they tell you where you need to lose weight. Now, <laughs> insulin is known to be one of the, the uh, most uh, potent medicines for adding weight to you. Uh, I weighed 225 when I started taking insulin, and I got up to 310, and now I'm at least back down to 285. But um, insulin will put weight How tall are you? I'm uh, five foot eleven. Five foot eleven. My ideal weight is around 225. Anybody ever told you about weight loss surgery? How that affects you? I'm sorry. They were talking about weight, weight loss, surgery, how to fix your hair. We've discussed that, but see, because of my diabetes being so much out of control, or, or so hard to control, let me say it that way, um, and because of my double bypass in my, my heart, uh, all surgeries have been ruled out. And, uh, my diabetic specialist, along with my heart doctor, has said, uh, you know, unless. Unless you have to have surgery to keep you alive, then you're not going to have it. Because <laughs> you know? I asked is that, a BA doctor, is that a VA doctor telling you that? I, I got both doctors telling me that. VA and one get outside. A, I get an outside opinion from my heart doctor. Uh, yeah, I did. They told me and the, and the, reason, the main reason is, is because of my blood flow. My ejection factor yeah. is under 50. So therefore, the problem wouldn't be necessarily well, it, making a surgery. What is it? What is your? What is your? Is, is it between forty and fifty, or is it less than forty? Uh, it's less than forty, but it's above thirty, so I don't have chronic heart failure. Right. So okay. Okay. So it's not to the extent to where to where you you know that you don't have to get some heart failure because you're. It gets about 25 or 30 years here in line for that. Yeah. So, my kind of service affected my protection practice right at 1548. Okay. Uh, now, mine's between, mine runs normally around the 40 to 45 uh, um, ratio on the average. Uh, it doesn't get above 45, and, and they have never told me it was below 40, so. You serve protection for your lungs? I'm sorry? Are you service connected for your lungs? My lungs? I, my lungs have never yeah. uh, I've never checked on my lungs. 
Of course, I know they have a favor. Everything's wrong with my lungs. Do me a favor, Nick. Go get your heart cath report and get off this phone call. Look at your pulmonary artery pressures and see what they are. Okay. And if it's over 25, 30 to 40, that means you got pulmonary hypertension. That's another 100% from total disability in the VA. Secondary to your heart. I'm, okay, now, I'm saying, say that again. It's right now. Check your pulmonary artery pressure when you hit your heart cap. They measure your pulmonary pressure, your artery pressure. And mm-hmm. if it's over 25, you usually run 25, 22, 25 milligrams per hertz or whatever they say. But if it's over 25, it's like 30 or 35. And you've got pulmonary hypertension. And a lot of people have heart disease like that have it. And you might be able to find a claim. That's another 100% disability from the toll from the VA. Now, I found a claim for hypertension after my open heart surgery, and it was denied. No, this ain't hypertension. This is pulmonary hypertension. Oh, okay. Different issue. It's a lung issue. Oh, okay. It's all with restrictive lung disease. Okay. Wouldn't that be in these records, John? Uh, where are they done? Uh, All they have to do is look at the heart cast and get his, get his reading. Yeah. They measure that time they do an echo or heart cast. Yeah, I would. It should show up. Well, um, I may ask about that when I, when I go back to my heart doctor just, oh, I think in about three weeks. So that would be a good question to discuss with you. And, yeah. Uh, I, I have to have an EKG that day. Um, well, the answer to that is basically no, but it's not, it's not because basically I don't get short of breath because of my knees are so bad, uh, in uh, the heart, I'm limited to my exercise. I'm not allowed to walk more, I'm supposed to walk more than 50 feet, and I'm not supposed to go up more than three steps, and not supposed to lift more than 15 pounds. Button you bend over, or, or, or when you're sitting down, when you stand up, you get dizzy. Well, when I do, when I am sitting down, I stand up. I do get dizzy. Yes. Okay. Now, okay. when you sit down on the couch, sometimes does your heart start thumping pretty hard. You feel palpitating. Uh, haven't noticed that. But that would be something that I may just have, have occurred, and I just haven't noticed it. But let me tell you, it's your heart. You better check your check your pulmonary hypertension out too. If you got it, if you got it, that's another issue. And it's a concerning issue, but you know you have to take care of it. Gerald's got it real bad. And I've got it real bad. Okay. Yeah. I will get I will get on to that. It's hospitalized. Um, I've here several times, then Gerald. Yeah. I can sit here in my chair and and just get dizzy. Not do nothing. Yep. It just get dizzy. <laughs> well, that now, that's weird. Like that. Let me ask you guys this. Do you all ever just sit in your chair and the next thing you know you're sound asleep? That's not how well, it's I'm sorry? You got sleep at me? That's not how it's You yes. got sleep at me? Yeah, I have a CPAC. Are you service for it? Yes. Okay. You might get an increase in that. Okay. So you put your sleep setting because you got a CPAC machine, but narcolepsy is a little higher rate. You get them fall asleep, that's dangerous. Yeah. I used to do that a lot till I went, I went on a ventilator at night instead of a CPAP, and uh, it it did the trick. Uh, I'm not so apt to fall asleep now <laughs> setting up. Well, uh, the last um, the last overnight CPAP exam I had, which was a couple of years ago. I went code blue 18 times in an hour. Yep. Yep. And you wouldn't believe how much strain it puts on your heart. 
You will not believe how much strain it puts on your heart. That's it. <clears throat> I had it real bad. I was doing the same thing. I had a doctor said, I can fix you. And I said, you can. He said, yeah. He said, made me an appointment, went over to He went there and he, I guess I call him Rogo. He cleaned me out and moved, moved my jaw and everything. Huh. I ain't had a problem since. <laughs> wow. I was, I was hurting for about three months after that, but I tell you what, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Because, like, Mike Tyson got a hold of me. <laughs> I still had my ear, though, it wasn't dead off. So. <laughs> uh, well, I'll definitely have to check into it. Yeah, check into it. Oh, are you remember had it? Are you, you know, the site? I'm sorry? The veteran site, hadit.com. Do you remember? Do you know, do you know about the site? I have, I do know about oh, the site, and I think I am a member, I believe. Okay. I've been on it a couple of times just looking at things, so I guess I did sign up for it. Well, my handle was because of, because my uh, Because of my vision, my wife does a lot of my computer work for me. Okay. And she's okay. been extremely helpful with that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, you're not by yourself. We have a lot of veterans out there on the site. I had it got, we're pushing 20,000 members here pretty soon. And uh, wow. we've got a lot of veterans kind of similar to your situation. Their wife do most of the legwork. And, uh, of course, I've been on had it for, uh, I'd say, 18, 17, 18 years. And, uh, I'm one, of the, I'm one of the moderators when I have you on the site, but I tell you what, that's, that's, that's the best veteran site in the older mankind. So, you know, if you have a question about anything you need help with, my cat, go ahead and shoot me a message. I'll, I'll put you in the right direction. Okay. We'll definitely get on that a little later on tonight, actually. You know, uh matter of fact, I watched it familiar with, with Added.com until uh, James Cripps, friend of ours, got me uh, hooked up with it, and... Uh, I guess that was probably a year ago. I don't get on it very often. I probably should get on it more than what I do, but um, I think at the time I was looking up a couple of questions and had some concerns concerning drop foot, and uh, so I went in there and looked that up. That's good. You met, I tell you what, when you met James Chris, buddy, you met a man out there. You met a good person. Yeah, he and I, we talk about three times, maybe even four times a week. Um, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I spoke at his uh, veterans meeting last night, uh, the U.S. Veterans Alliance, and I spoke there last night. And um, then actually Sunday, Ashland City, Tennessee, had their first uh, Veterans Day parade. Sunday afternoon, and it was a complete success. It was great. Had a lot of entries, a lot of veterans, and there was, they kind of got together, I guess, some of the guys, and they kind of made up their own little floats. It was actually uh, either a pickup truck and then in a couple of cases a Jeep, uh, pulling a large wagon with bales of hay on it, and guys sitting on it, and then on the side, it had banners like... Uh, you know, there was uh, they they had four guys riding in the back of a pickup truck that uh, was from World War Two, and then they just put they kind of got in order and it went World War Two and and uh, then it went to uh, Korea and then the Vietnam and Desert Storm and and uh, just kind of it was so often they had this float of veterans from the from that era from those wars. And it was, it was a real good turnout. I think they probably had over a hundred vehicles and floats and two bands, and um, I think it ran for about two and a half, three miles. And, and the surprising thing was the fact that uh, a lot of young people, young uh, uh, twenty-five, thirty-year-old families with their little kids. Were out and they were very receptive and and was constantly um, hollering at Pam and I thanking for service and um, so it was a real good turnout a real good day we all had a good time so uh, it, it was a fun thing to 
to compete against. But I know that's a little off of our topic tonight about the medicine, but it all that's okay. That's that whenever okay. you get together with veterans, you start finding out uh, one of the veterans that was there, I helped with his doctor case, and he walked up to me Monday night when I was right before I started speaking at, at the event there for James and told me he had just received his letter that day of his award for drop butt, and they, and they gave him the uh, car grant. So, yep. Oh, good deal. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that was a good deal. You got to watch these, these medicines can really throw you off balance. And um, and sometimes the doctors just give you this and say, I want you to start taking this. And they really don't tell you a whole lot about why you're taking it. And that's why uh, my wife has been very good to look up and see what it's for and why I take it. And, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, when they give me a pill, I want to know all about this pill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I quiz them on everyone. But uh, I just can't believe that a person should have to take so many pills. Doggone it. And but whenever you're taking a lot of this uh, medication, especially PTSD and and uh, uh, traumatic brain injury medications, where it affects you mentally, um, I think they're finding that the, uh, they have a lot of issues there. They need to be addressing whether the, uh, getting the dosages uh, properly, proper on them. And uh, I've certainly realized the fact that they've been over-medicating a lot of veterans. And, and uh, I think you're going to see that change, let's hope, uh, you know, uh, everybody's different, and like I said, there's so many different phases of PTSD. Uh, you know, one might need five milligram of certain drug, and one might need ten. If you get them mixed up, then one, you know, one's over medicated and one's under. So, well, it's it's, uh, it's kind of interesting because the state does take in the VA prescriptions. And in our state, the state of Tennessee is the third largest provider of prescription drugs in the nation. And um, the number one is for hypertension. Uh, number two is diabetes. And number three is uh, what they called mental disorder. Uh-huh. Now, I'm assuming middle disorder means probably any type of depression, whether it's PTSD or some other, but um, in the state of Tennessee, and they're trying to crack down on it. And uh, the Tennessee Drug Administration is looking into some of these doctors who seem to be writing a whole lot more prescriptions than what they should. So uh, I, think it's a, uh, I think it's a situation that's, not only going on in the VA, but it's probably going on in the private sector as well. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think you're right. Uh, but if something's got to be brought under control, we all know that. And uh, evidently they have traced some suicides back to the medication uh, because... It changes the veteran's personality and and everything about them. Uh, their mood swings, and, and uh, uh, they can associate uh, some of that back to the medication. So they know that this is an issue. 
Yeah, there's a there's definitely a couple of the uh, medications, uh, and Prozac is one of them that uh, is not properly medicated. The individual will uh, have suicidal thoughts and will actually uh, attempt or uh, successfully attempt suicide. And I know that's one that the uh, VA does give out. I don't know what percentage they give it out, but I know of of two individuals, two veterans that are on it. Uh, I got to agree. That's either you have real bad cases of PTSD. Yeah. You know, if it's warranted, yeah, by all means, take your mad, but uh, you don't want it. I guess it kind of depends. The veteran communicating with the doctor issuing the meds. Uh, I don't know whether they don't get to see them often enough or what. Uh to notice the say, hey, this guy was pretty normal. He just needed a little, you know, a little bit of medicine here. And now look at him. He's a walking zombie. He don't even know where he's at. Now, well, you know, you're wrong, wrong with that. I, I think what I have found, uh, which I'm, I'm floored at. One of the doctors in uh, in prosthetics in uh, at uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, at the Alton C. York, was telling me just a couple of weeks ago when I was in there that that the Alton C. York Medical Center sees 2,500 patients a day comes through their clinics, and I know that uh, I asked then after that I had talked to my um, well, it's my primary care doctor's nurse practitioner, and he told me it wasn't anything for them to have 125 patients a day in an eight-hour period of time. Now, that doesn't give much time to talk to the veteran, and it sure doesn't give much time to do proper follow-up when they put them on a new medication. No, I don't. And therein lies your a lot of your problem. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to have a chance to interact with the veteran, or they don't know how this medication's really working. And you're not going to—that's not going to show up in just a brief. In most cases, just a brief encounter. Say, you're in and you're out. They weigh you and take your blood pressure and send you back out. That's about all they do sometimes. Yes, it is. I I have my primary care doctor. I see her once a year. And uh, I go in and I weigh in, and she checks my blood pressure, asks if I took my medications that morning, and asks if there's any medications that's been changed since my last visit. And... uh, uh, I go in to the doctor, and the doctor says, do you have any new problems? Don't ask me how the ones that I've had are going. Do you have any new ones? Well, not that I know of, but, you know. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then I'm out of there. I mean, I, I, you know, I, go, I actually get to see her approximately 10 to 15 minutes once a year. And I think well, I'm probably not mine, any different than a lot. I'd say mine. Yeah, she's uh, she's longer she's than that. She's too, not looking at you. Right. <laughs> and, but yet, then I've got a diabetic doctor who has a wonderful nurse practitioner. She doesn't let 90 days go by without seeing me. And she spends 45 minutes with me. She checks and asks me all types of questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, every 90 days of blood work and then follows up three or four days later. I mean, I would probably be in a whole lot worse shape if it wasn't for that one because the others just don't seem to have enough time to figure it out or look and see what's going on. Yeah. Uh, well, go to my heart, doctor. 
Okay, I go in there. I have to be there 20 minutes early for an EKG. I get that. He comes in. He looks at the EKG. He said, well, the EKG looks fine. Do you have any other complaints? Well, no. Are you having chest pains? Well, no. Okay, well, we'll see you in six months. <laughs> that's it. What kind of hard, I mean, that kind of literally it. That's about the total amount of time that I spend there after they check me in and do my, my weight and my blood pressure and... and uh, uh, that's it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's <laughs> unreal. But that's that's just uh, in the course. This this is at the at the hospital where they have twenty five hundred patients a day, and uh, if they have that many patients going through there, they don't have a lot of time to spend with a patient. Mass reduced medicine. There you go. Fast food medicine. That's what, what it is. is. That's what it is. What kind of heart meds you taking, Ray? I'm sorry? What kind of heart meds you taking? Oh, gosh, I don't, even, I don't even remember the names of them. I've been on them now since 2011, and uh, um, I can't even remember the names of them. I got them written Especially down. I'm sorry. You're taking a nitrate. You're taking a nitrate to open up your vessel. No, I don't have. I haven't had to take a nitrate yet. I don't have chest pains or that. They have. They've got me. A, you know, I've got my little nitrate pill that they renew every six or eight months. But um, no, I'm not on any blood mine or, or blood thinners and um, blood pressure medicines. Um, Mm-hmm. That's that's about all they are giving me actually for the heart. My main thing is. I'm sorry. My first priority is putting on medicine called Indoor. It's a nitrate, it's a and it tilts on a whole lot. And essentially, it's a good medicine. I had to change that to find a new heart doctor. She kept me on. My last heart doctor got run over. He's riding a bike and he got run over by a car. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Real good doctor this time. Yeah, he got me on that. And I see the electrophysiologist doctor too. He's a heart doctor. He does heart rate and stuff. He gets pacemakers. He does all that stuff. Oh, he's okay. got me on one. But he's got me on a good medicine. It's helped me out a whole lot. Um, I know that when I had my open heart surgery, my the surgeon was not pleased that I was uh, assigned to the heart doctor I'm assigned to uh, in Murfreesboro and wanted to change me to Nashville. So I don't know if um, if that's good or bad or indifferent, but so far I'd, I haven't had any, what I would say, is recurring problems. Uh, yeah, it's closer to Murfreesboro than you yeah, Murfreesboro is only about uh, oh, 40, 45 miles from me, and uh, Nashville's, uh, right now, Nashville takes me, it's about 90, about 90 miles to, to Nashville. You're close to Chattanooga, then. Yeah, I'm only about, uh, really about 65 miles from Chattanooga. Okay, for the next Chickamauga. Yeah, yeah, matter of fact, if you went uh well, of course, you're familiar with Tullahoma. I'm 16 miles from Tullahoma. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. Yeah, we uh, we deal. got that big Thames Ford Lake here and uh, uh, clear Ford, good fishing water. Oh. My mother lives uh, 11 miles from Lake Guntersville. <laughs> oh, okay. Where, what, well... I go to Gunnersville a couple of times a year anyway, so. You look down there and put it out with Boaz. Okay. I don't know about where that is. Um, there is a place uh, called Ocean Mountain Campground. My wife and I, we go there camping some on Lake Gunnersville. You, 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 we got a lot in common there, brother. We do a lot of that, too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, trying to convince my wife that winter camping is not that bad. You don't have to have spring, summer, and fall. Winter camping's not too bad at all. 
I don't know if I'll be able to do that or not. Have you got got your military ID card? Yes. You can go down to the Gulf Coast and stay at uh, Hurlburt or Pensacola Naval Air Station, places like that. They've got campgrounds that are beautiful. They well, are next fact, to I know we we actually keep our motorhome down at Pensacola. Keep we have a little motorhome we keep in storage there, and there it's an old one, but um, uh, we actually keep it storage down there. I think, if I remember correctly, I can go to the Pensacola Naval Air Station Blue Angel. Uh, what's it called? Blue, Blue Angel yeah, Recreational right. Camp. Uh, I think it cost me. No, I keep it offshore 20 miles because of hurricanes. Uh, but if, if you want to leave a camper or a motorhome down in the Florida Gulf Coast area, they recommend you stay, store it 20 miles off the coast because that way hurricanes don't affect it that much. Oh, I think I have to pay about $50 a month. You're kidding me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to winterize it, do you? No, you don't have to winterize it. You don't have to do anything except go down there and pull it out and take it wherever we want to camp uh, and, uh, you know, put it up there. Now, have, you been, have you ever been to Navarre? Oh, that's, uh, well, matter of fact, Navarre Beach is where we usually, if you come, if you're going down Interstate 10, there's a KLA right there at Interstate 10 in the Navarre Beach exit, and we store our camper that. there at the uh, at the, the KLA. Oh, and that way we can. Pardon? How long have you been down there? How long since I've been down there? Uh, we were there about four or five months ago, but we've had we've had the camper down there for about five or six years. Have you, you ever seen Santa Rosa RV Resort? No, I haven't. I've seen it, but I've never stayed in it. I've stayed there three times. You like it? So I'm at the maze. Yes, they got a 300 foot fishing three... pier. Yep. <laughs> they got a 300 foot fishing pier. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this for your I like to go out to um, like to have Fort Pickens fishing off of the, the little. Uh, yeah. Area that they have out there for handy trap, I can take my scooter and go right out there on the dock and fish as long as I want to. Hey, Bill, you ready to go? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds good to me. Right, we'll, we'll get James and anybody else that wants to come. We'll just have a big, big time down there. We'll have a yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. I'll take mine down there. Yeah. I'm not taking mine down there and leaving 50 bucks a month. Well, yeah, and it's, uh, well, I'll tell you, I'll give you another hand. If you want if you want to take a chance and actually leave it at the uh, Naval Air Station in the Blue Angels mm-hmm. Rec area, that's only $30 yeah. a month. Wow. But, and you're right on the bay. Hmm. That's for him, like money. A whole lot of money. Yeah. Well, you know, we can where we are in Tennessee. If I pull, if I pull my camper down there and back for what I use in gas, I make two trips a year. I can pay for my storage all year. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. So, yes, you, can. Uh, you know, uh, uh, when I save in gas. By leaving it down there, and I go down there four or five times or six times a year, about six times a year, then I'm more than paid for my storage, just in what I've saved in gas. Good deal. That's awesome. You need to go on to head and check it out and do some searching after a while. I will. I will go Any in there questions? and check out what you. Yeah, my handle is J Basher, so you, that's pretty easy. J Basher, like a fishy, fishy, fishy. And, uh, oh, okay. Send me a message or whatever. Yeah. Well, we like we 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 can talk some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. That sounds good. 
Well, I know we've gotten off the subject a couple times about meds, but I think we've gotten our, I hope we've gotten our point across. Don't worry, we got the point across. That individuals need to pay close attention because, you know, I got on the wrong med and I was on it too long and it's messed up my kidneys and, and of course, 